What up, guys? Welcome back to All Gas Podcast. I'm Factor. I'm Kevin. And today our guest here is Charles. What's up, man? What's up, man? How's it going, guys? Yep. How you doing? So, uh, not a lot of people, like we had discussed earlier, we were talking outside of this, not a lot of people know who you are, Mm -hmm. but they know your car. So, we usually try to start out an episode with kind of getting a backstory on you, who you are, you know, just kind of give us a rundown on who you are and how you got started and that kind of stuff. Just your backstory. Yeah. Um, basically started about 15 years ago, um, started building this car, uh, making it a tube chassis. It was a regular street car I raced around for about a year and a half, got in a bunch of trouble with the law, you know, almost lost a license and everything, street racing. So (laughs) it was like, I think it's time to take it off the street. And we ended up getting a, a fiberglass front end from L4 Imports that was local in Yuba City at the time. And. They uh, kind of sponsored me in that sense of motors because everybody was doing the swaps and I was a single cam. And I just, I ended up loving the single cam engine, fell in love with it, and I could go out with it and beat a lot of the guys that had the swaps. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, I just stuck with it. I fell in love with it because I like pissing everybody off so with a little the single bit of the, cam. A little underdog kind of Yeah, story. I was always the underdog. You know, everybody pulled up with their H22s or, you know, GSRs or whatever and was like, dude, I'm going to I'm gonna rail this guy. And then six cars out of the hole. And they're like, how did you do that? You know, how did you get out there so fast? Because I learned how to tune the suspension. I learned how to tune the car. Make the car work before you turn it up. Right. You know? Okay. Anybody can make power. But... You know, if you can't get the power to the ground, you're not going nowhere. So, yeah, yeah. so I learned how to tune the cars to get them to, to work, and that just always worked for me out of the hole. So I stayed with the single cam, started adding nitrous, hey. pissing more people off, and it just kind of got to the point where I was like, everybody started catching me. So I was like, well, everybody's getting smart and starting to learn learn more. So I need to do more. So we got the fiberglass front end, and I gutted the car put a wheelie bar on it and did the fiberglass front end and just went straight track put slicks on it skinnies and started racing it sacked that away and it uh so was this your first honda this is my very first honda i drove it on the street and it's come full circle with me (laughs) so i've never had another uh honda that i've raced everything else has been just street cars that i've driven Okay. okay um but yeah, so we did that with the car, and um, I worked for Claim Paquette Machine Shop, Engine Machine Shop at the time, and they built me a motor, and we went 1160s with the car, hmm. um, with a little nitrous on it. And this has always been single. You've never gone. Always on? been single. Always been single. Never been anything else but a single cam. <laughs> what made you go that route? Just like I said, I always pissed everybody off with the single cam. <laughs> I could outrun most people. Yeah. I got beat. You know, everybody gets beat. Oh, yeah. You know, it's racing. there was some guys that had some money. You know, and, and could outrun me. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I got beat. But for the most part, on the street, when I had that thing running, there wasn't too many people that could outrun me. So I was like, hey, let's let's bump up my game because, like I said, it was about time to lose the license and everything else. And I was like, I just can't get in that much trouble anymore. Yeah. So. I mean, four tickets in three months is a good way to lose your license. So and they yeah. probably weren't the greatest of tickets too. They're probably some bad no. <laughs> and, I, and I was looking at it as I'm spending five, six hundred dollars a ticket. 
I, I could put that in the car, right? You know, that's my ignition system. That's at one point, my mom was like, "You're spending so much money on, on tickets. You have more money on, uh, in the court fees than you do in your damn car." Exactly. And I, that's when you know you got to start making changes when you realize yeah. shit like that. So I was like, you know, me and my dad, we've always street or we we street raced when we we're little. When I was a little kid, mm-hmm. um, he did more of it as a teenager and a young young man in his day and age um, around town and. He kind of got me into it when I was around 13. We went around playing with the guys that we knew, our friends. Hmm. They had an old Vega that had a little small block in it that, like, ran 12s. But that was fast back then on the street. You yeah. know, a 12-second street car was fast. Even a 12-second track car was fast. Yeah. I mean, it was fast. I mean, for early 2000s. I mean, literally, guys, this was a 9-inch rear end, a small block Chevy, with a two or with a three speed, you know, three fifty, whatever in it, training, yeah. and a little nitrous with some Hoosier dirt bosses on the back, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's what this car was. It was a hoopty, but it ran, it worked, and it, it kicked butt around here. You know, it, it was pretty unbeatable for a long time. Um, but like I said, everybody gets beat. You know, at some point, somebody's gonna come out there yeah, with something. Exactly. Some, someone, and then oh, you know, someone that wants. And it's just part of the racing scene in a sense. You, like you were explaining earlier, like it, it, other cars inspire you and just, it just keeps leveling up. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, this is before LSs. This is before any of that. Yeah, you know, this is like the yeah, early every, 90s. Everyone was a 383. This is late 80s, early 90s, you know. This is back when the cops pulled you over out street racing. They're like, go home. Right. Yeah. Get your car out of here, you know. <laughs> did you win or did you lose? Yeah. Because if you lost, you're getting a ticket. If you yeah. won, go home. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like... You know, so I grew up with roots on the street, and then me and my dad liked, you know, we did hot rods and stuff. So we built the red car, and he was out, started street racing that a little bit. And I was like, you know, Dad, I don't want to wreck this car. And I said, we put too much time in it. And he was like, yeah. He goes, let's build a car. And I was like, all right, cool. What do we got? And he goes into the garage and pulls out of the corner under dusty boxes and everything (laughs) an aluminum rotted 440. Oh, wow. You know, Chrysler. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. where'd you get this? <laughs> right? You know, gun-drilled crank, you know. Crank's like $3,000 crank, you know. And I'm like, where did you get this? Like, why haven't we been messing with this? And he's like, it's been in my stash. He goes, I've never had nothing to put it in. Why was that not in the red car? Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, why didn't we do this? So he was like, we need to find something small to put it in. So we started looking around, looking around. We could never find a car that we just, like, wanted. And one day a uh like a dirt drag car you know the the little dirt cars with paddle tires and everything mm-hmm. went driving by and had a 30 model a body on it <laughs> and we were, we saw that with the big tires and everything and i was like dude dad we got to do that he goes we got to find one so we started looking for bodies you know the little 30s bodies mm-hmm. and we finally we finally found one that was pretty intact, already had a chopped top, and that was it, man. That's where my whole <laughs> racing career started was we a bought a Chris Austin Chassis start. I know, right? We <laughs> bought a 440. <laughs> Everyone else on our show has all been about little CRX right? and VFs and, and yeah. 440. Well, I mean, and this is the thing. Like, we didn't have a shop. We didn't have nothing. We had a garage. This is stuff that my dad had from his racing career back, back in the day, you know, like mm-hmm. 60s and 70s. And he just stashed it, you know. He just was like, hey, I ain't got no use for it, but I ain't going to throw it away. Yeah, I'll put it in something it. someday. Because yeah. he, he was a dirt biker, and he built sand rails and all kinds of stuff. So oh, he was like, I'll put it in something at some point. 
But so he uh, he went and we saved up our money and we bought a, a, a Chris Austin Chassis Works uh, chassis. And he was like, one hell of a way to go. We got to get a shop. We can't build that in the garage. And I was like, all right, well, where are we going to get a shop? And so happened that him and his ex-wife were still great friends. And uh, they had this shop coming open. Hmm. And we ended up getting this 4,000 square foot shop for 300 bucks a month. (laughs) Yeah. And my dad was like, I can't turn that down. We're doing it. So we got this shop and we've had it ever since. You and said it was 33 years you've been here? 33 years we've been in the shop. And, of course, the rent's way higher now. It's, but, like, it's like 350 <laughs> yeah, It's 375 We still get a, a, a really good deal. Yeah, we, yeah. Even per se, because our, our, landlord, <laughs> our landlords have been really good to us. But um, good. we still get a really good deal. But it's getting to the point where I don't know how long I'm going to stay now. Because it's just getting up there to where... It's out of my range. California, everything's getting out yeah, of range. Yeah, no, it's, range. that's the whole thing. It's just getting so much. So, But anyways, uh, we got the shop and just kind of built that car. And it was called Murphy's Law. And it was just a, a nasty little drag car that we had that, fortunately, we never really got a good handle on. My dad was kind of a cheap ass and wouldn't spend the money to do things the right way, per se. Like, we did it to within our means but there was things we needed to do with that motor that just needed to be done you know the right parts and where around here did dirt drags we didn't do dirt drags oh, we, we, okay. we made the, the car we saw that body because the dirt gotcha. drags was down here in the down in the river bottoms, down the bottoms. yeah right where the the racetrack is here. yeah, 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 yeah. there was a there used to be a dirt drag right there gotcha oh, you gotcha. know they did what the 300 feet or 330 whatever yeah, it is like yeah so they used to do it down there and uh we just saw that body and was like oh that would look so cool as a drag car so we got it and okay. you know 17 inch wide slicks 33 inches tall slammed on the ground the thing was like chest height it was just crazy <laughs> looking it, it just looked like a monster coming at you you know so and here's the honda version of that uh, yeah. basically yeah yeah basically it, it is it, it's like once i learned like the chat how to build the chassis i was like every car should have a chassis at that point why why am i messing with a stock car right yeah. why mess with the stock car it's it's heavy it's not light what's the best way to make to make something go fast it's got to be light and powerful weight to power that's where everything is at if your weight to power is off you're not going nowhere and your chassis has to be doing to be able to put that power down with yeah. that weight do yeah. you have so, a, do you have an estimate weight on this car it with me in it wet and ready is 1675 wow yeah it don't weigh nothing what no Without Jeez. me in it, it's like thirteen seventy five. No wonder that shit's so sketchy on the top end. Yeah, it wow. gets it gets fun. So top wow. end actually, it runs great until you pull the chute. Well, and then <laughs> and when it when it wraps around the wheelie bar, it doesn't go for, doesn't go well from that point. Um, That's but crazy. um, yeah, it uh, we've got a few things we got to work out. The car's been a work in progress since yeah. I started. You know, I built and designed every part of it. I don't know too many people that do that. You know, there's a few guys out there, Sean Carlson, those type of guys yeah, back in the day. There's not many. And that, it's usually a team. It's not usually just one person. Yeah. And it's, for me, it's always been just me. Check out his Instagram. Go through his Instagram and right? look at all the parts that he's fabricated. It's fucking a lot. We're, we'll, we'll put the link in the... Uh, It'll link will be in the description, yep. but check it out. He's got pictures of all the shit he's fabricated. I mean, I even like your logo that you put right on the center console. Yeah, that yeah, well, was newer. It's, yeah, I yeah, like that. that the car's... It's crazy. It's got it's, a lot of cool stuff that 
you did yourself. And that, that's, I know me when I build my own cars, I feel more proud than just going out and buying a part and, you know, just building oh, yeah, a part for on. Sure, for sure. You know what I mean? Fabricating yourself. It's, it's cool. Like, that's like him. He was just doing the wing for his car. Now that he, he's always like, dude, check out my wing. I'm building it, you know, spoiler or whatever. He's like, I'm doing it. I don't want to buy one, but I'm making it to where I like it. And I'm like, that's cool. You know, he, I, yeah. you can I, tell he's more proud of that I, than buying I, sure, it. I, I grew up watching guys like you, you know, like you were saying, Chip Foose, Boyd Coddington, mm-hmm. all those guys. I grew up watching them, reading magazines. My uncles were all on the cars. And it's like, I, I, I kind of like it got to a point in the Honda scene where it's like, all we're doing is just buying parts and putting them on and then calling them cookie cutter. Yep. They're cookie cutter cars, man. Yep. That's yeah, it. Every look at every car out there. They all have the same front end. They all have the same fenders. They all have the same doors. They all have the same wings. Yeah. They all same. look identically Turbo the same. Kit, intercooler. And, you know, the same. and don't get me wrong, it works. The cars are freaking fast, man. They're the fastest yeah. they've ever been. But imagine if we would have stayed with the Pro Series, oh, the yeah. front-wheel drive cars, mm. the Pro front-wheel drive chassis cars. Well, look at it this way. And put the motors and tranny stuff that we have in those now. Think if you put our all-motor nitro motors. You mean, you're having yeah. 600 horsepower all-motor. We would have been in the eights a long time ago. Oh, easy. Long time ago. Oh, yeah. Long easy. time ago. Easy. You know? But it's it's the thing. Oh, like when Back to a little bit of the background on this car and me. I grew up around it. And saw all the pro cars, and what do you want? You want to be a pro. You yeah, want to be wanna, the pro. I want to drive that pro car. I don't want to mess with all these little cars that are just stock. Like yep. anybody can have that. I want a pro car. Yep. So that's why I started building this. And yep. you, when you go through this car and you look at it, pull out all your old magazines of the OGs. That's where I started. Was back with the OGs and the in the pro front wheel drive. And you look at the stuff that's on here, and I designed a lot of the stuff off of some of the Around technology they, they had. Yeah. You know. I changed it up to fit my needs, but a lot of it is the same. Like, you know, I've got a, a four-link A-arm front end. Yeah. I Nobody has that. Nope. The rear shocks, the, the rear trailing arm setup is a is a monoshock setup off of, like, a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Christian Rado did that on his at, car. I was looking at that, and I was like, that's that's pretty unique. Yeah. I mean, it was it's all stuff i seen in magazines that I was like, I'm going to build that. Now, did That'll any, work on my car. Did anybody kind of give you an idea of what to do with this car or is this all just out of your head it's all out of my head everything is out of my head like i grew up around racing i knew the basics and you know i plus i was going to school i, d- I ended up going to wyotech when they very 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 first opened i mean they didn't have nothing <laughs> they had a building and it was empty and they were teaching us there that's how bad we got robbed we got robbed from that. $40,000 to be in a garage. Yeah. So, I mean, I had to bring my engine parts in to show <laughs> kids what we were talking about. Wow. And the stuff that I was learning, it was so basic, you know, like, I was way advanced already just because I grew up around, you know, yeah. since nine. Here I am, like, late 20s doing it, you know. I was like 26, 27 years old when I went. And these, most of these guys are 18, 19 years old. You know, they're fresh. And Never I'd already been through the Marine life. Corps. You know, I've been through the Marine Corps, gotten out, all that. You know, so I already had a good head on my shoulders where I wanted to go. And so I was, I was there to learn. And when I got there, I was really disappointed with what was going on. And then towards the end, because I was there for a year and a half um, doing the nighttime class mm-hmm. after work. And by the end, they had finally gotten a lot of stuff there. But they were still building the school. They were just building another building. And they were, you know, finally we had lifts and stuff like that. But I did build part of that car there. So they, they let us bring our projects in. And I brought it in. And I built parts of the car there. 
one thing so, I just noticed. You don't have a lift in here. No, I don't. I don't really need them. No, for the stuff I do with the chassis. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really need them. I, I've got two A-frame uh, uh, saw. You know, it's like saw horses, mm-hmm. and I jack the car up two feet in the air, and I get under it and do it because <laughs> I'd rather sit on my butt and weld like this than oh, yeah. stand up all day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. So. Oh, yeah. And the big thing with the lift for me in here is I don't have the room. You know, I do. But once you put a lift in here, everything's got to go around the lift yep. now. Yep. So, sure, if I did have a lift, I'd put it over there. It'd be used for storage more than anything. <laughs> it's like I'm not a repair shop. No. I don't do a lot of repair stuff. So, I don't even like working on my own cars when it's repair. You know? <laughs> I hate streetcar stuff. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> so, you know you're it. a real fabricator. Yeah. No, it's, it's exactly what it is, too. I've just gotten to the point where it's like, if it ain't a race car, I don't want to work on it. It's, it's <laughs> greasy and grimy and nasty, and it smells like crap, and I just hate it. So, I'd rather stay clean, <laughs> you know, in a sense. You know, I'd rather have metal dust and grinding dust all over me and smell like burnt hair from the welder than be all nasty and slimy. That's the funny part. Now that I'm at work doing a lot of fiberglass, I'm the same way. I'm like, I miss metal. I miss messing with metal. I'm like, this fiberglass is bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, I just kind of took magazines and i looked at lakofsky's car i looked at rado's car i looked at sean carlson sean carlson was a big influence on on my builds i loved his build the the focus when he built that the first time i don't know if it, most people don't know it other than the mcguire's focus but before he got that sponsorship he was sponsored by ford and um god what was it islinger or i forget the the ford company they were doing the motors they do the the high-end like uh the rally course engines for uh for ford um been doing them for years but they did the extract training in it and that car was it was a carbon fiber body it's when carbon fiber was just coming into the scene and he painted flames over top of it so you still seen the carbon but, but yet there was frank- that car was unreal to me when i saw that car I was just like, this is the dream right here is to have this kind of car, yeah. right? You know, because it was just beautiful, you know. And then he ended up getting the sponsorship from Meguiar's and painted the whole body. And I was just like, why? Leave the black <laughs> carbon, you know. It looks so good with the carbon. And But, yeah, you know, that's just how this car came about. And I built it somewhat to that. And it, uh, you know, rules have changed. Things have changed over the years. And it just kind of... For me, it sucks that the pro class kind of went away. You know, the pro front-wheel drive, pro all-motor classes went away. So did they let you run AMP with this? Uh, yeah, I, I ran uh, the hot rod class, basically, is what it was. Okay, because I know they do have an AMP in SAC sometimes. Yeah, they do. When they, when they get enough guys down there, they still yeah. do it. But half the time, they'll throw me in there, too, you know, because we're chassis cars, and yeah. I don't run that fast. Yeah. So, you know, the car's not that fast yet. So... We're getting, getting there, there though. Getting We're getting there. there. It's gonna, it's gonna turn some heads. I think the when I finally get this you want, system you set up, uh, explain them a little bit of your setup, just quick. Right. Basically, it's just a, a single over cam uh, D16 Y8 motor. Um, I went with the Y8 because nobody else does. Everybody does the Z6. I had a Y8 laying around. I went with it. I always had good luck with it. Um, always made good power with it. So just went that route. Then uh, finally decided to go the D to B, and it uh, 
So you ran straight D for a while? I ran straight D forever. And I went through seven trannies in one season. (laughs) (laughs) And I finally, at that point, I was like, it's time to make the change. That's a good reason to go D to B. So, yeah. So twin disc clutch. Got the the Mazworks adapter plate. And just kind of went from there, you know. Built everything like it needs to be built. You know, broad pistons, four piston head. Um, had them fully go through everything. Um, what cam are you running in it? Uh, not the bis. I was running a bissy cam, and um, we. I ended up having a, a problem with it. It was cracked okay. on my part. It was my. It wasn't anything yeah, yeah. wrong with him. A lot of people had problems with his cams, <laughs> and I never had any issues. But we ended up firing the motor on the old setup with that cam without oil in it oh, oh, fuck. and it locked up the motor and when it did it turned the 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 cam gear and it sh- it shifted the cam the key in the cam Whoa. and it cracked the keyway oh shit well i didn't know that we put oil in it i turned the motor around backwards and fired it up and it ran so we're like ah it's good but i always knew off, something off, sounded funny in that engine half a tooth <laughs> yeah it was 15 degrees Ooh, retarded oh, damn yeah, so once I didn't know it when we first fired up, I just kind of was like, eh, it sounds a little funny. <laughs> well, I didn't have electronics. Everything yeah. was just MSD, and, and I run the manual fuel injection. So I never knew what was wrong. I just always knew it didn't make much power. You know, we could, I turned the boost up to, you know, 30, 35 pounds, and we just never did make a lot of power. And I'm turning the timing up, but I can only go so far. Before I'm like, this is crazy. You can't run this much time, you know, from what I've been taught, you know. And it was like, I'm not going up higher. This motor's just not making power. Well, come to find out when I sent everything down for this motor to get put back together, Ken took the cam gear off the cam and was like, oh, dude, check it out. And so he put a, a webcam in it. He had one down there. and Because at that point, I was so frustrated with everything that was going on with the car because it was time, man took me nine months to get a clutch took me three and a half months to get my gear set you know i was just like done i was done waiting i was like i done you know and ken ken was taking some time getting it together which you know things happen you know everybody has has their issues but at that point he's in the middle of the build and he's like yeah dude i got bad news you got a broken cam i'm like there's another 500 bucks like (laughs) i was like dude just pack everything up send it to me and he's like no 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 and he called me back. His his brother called me back and was like, "Hey man, I have a cam here. I'm gonna just give it to you." And I was like, "Dude, that's solid." So he, you know, they hooked me up and let's give them a shout out. They're, they're oh yeah, definitely. Racing engines, right. Buzz, they're they're good people. Damn good people. I talked to John. Right. They're, they're good fans. Of the I, show. I talked they're to John quite often. Yeah, they did me. Them. They did me right, man. You know, I just I can't thank them more more than enough. That's where my so mind's going. I I put their name on the side of the car. You know, I appreciate what they did for me. Right. So, but yeah, um, other than that, we run uh, just a eBay turbo. It's a 66 millimeter turbo, and it's uh, on mechanical fuel injection. Ron's you want to Ron's flying toilet. I was gonna say you yeah, want to explain that a little bit better. Yeah, since nobody knows. I mean, yeah, yeah. In no, the Honda world, nobody, nobody nobody messes with manual injection. No, it's it's different. And the only reason why I did it was back in the day I couldn't afford to buy Motet because that's mm. what there was. Yeah. You know, Honda really wasn't Honda then. It, it no, just it was there just, wasn't anything really, and if it, you know, what they had was just chipped ECUs that you popped a chip in. Yep. 
Well, well you can chip, little spoon chip. Yeah, little. so if you wanted to run with the big dogs, you had to buy the Motec stuff. Well, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not spending 10 grand. I got 10 grand to put on an electronic <laughs> system. <laughs> Plus, I knew nothing about it at that point. I hadn't gone to WildTech. I hadn't done anything like that. Yeah. So I hadn't learned anything about electronic in- injection. I knew what I knew, which on my, my, my dad's old car, the 30 that we built, we ran manual injection, you know, on a naturally aspirated engine. Okay. And we ran alcohol. Well, that's what I grew up with. I was like, why wouldn't I try to run that on a Honda? That'd be different. It's going to get people to look at the car. So I was like, yeah, you know, I want the car to get attention. I want to try to get sponsors. So yeah. let's do that, you know. And it uh, just kind of evolved from there. I found this Ron's fuel injection and was like, talked to them. They sorted me out, showed me like how it works with the boost and references boost and you can add a secondary injection, you know. So I was just like, man, this is going to be cool. This is going to be different. So I run mechanical injection and it tunes up. I can tune it pretty damn well, you know, with the setup that it, I've got now and the knowledge that I have now um, with it. it uh, it's pretty efficient. Hmm. It's not as efficient as electronic. I'll never say that. I, I know yeah. better. You know, the stuff we have now, the electronics we have now, it's just amazing. But with the fuel tech, I can set this manual injection up with high speed lean outs and everything else and tune it with the fuel tech hmm. and lean it out top in if I need to yeah. with a mechanical or with an electronic valve. Now so what, it what just fuel are you running? Methanol. Methanol. Straight methanol. Just straight M5? I run M1. Oh, M1. M1. I do have M5. I'm going to run M5 at some point, but I want to get this motor dialed in and running well, get some good times down the track, and then I want to see what the M5 is going to do. So, cause Are you ever going to try to play with the nitro at all? or just? Well, that's just basically straight. all M5 is. is it, It's methanol with a little nitro in it, you know? It's, well, it's not I, the same thing. When but I say methanol nitro, I'm talking, you know, the 85%, <sighs> you know, if I the, had the higher numbers. If I was running a, a different engine, then yeah, I probably yeah. would. I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But these little D-series blocks, just once you break that 650 range, you're it's a grenade waiting to happen yeah the blocks just don't have the strength to hold together with the pressure we're putting them under especially if you're running 30 plus pounds of boost yeah you know? what made you go methanol instead of like an e85 boost it's so forgiving hmm. the timing and everything on it if i get the timing off a little bit it don't burn the motor down you run you run you know and that's the reason why everybody's running e85 now because you can buy it at the pump and it's it's pretty readily available now because when it first came out no one wanted to run it because it was so hard to get and it's expensive no. methanol's cheap dude yeah the only thing that was you nice want to talk about cheap race gas methanol yeah <laughs> you get a 20 percent gain you know right off the bat just by going to methanol yeah. over everything else but you won't pay for it you're gonna pay for it in getting your car set up for it you gotta have a special pump you gotta have special filters your injectors have got to be set up for it. Got to be a stainless injector. Yeah, if flush you don't your have lines, flush everything is. Yeah, and it's maintenance. Yep. The maintenance. You are going to maintain the crap out of your engine because yep. every time this thing runs at a race, the oil gets changed. Yep. You know, I can I can say that you know on an average race you run maybe eight runs if you're lucky. Um, that'll you know the oil will hold up mm-hmm. for that, and then I got to change it because after that it's just full of fuel and water. Yep. So. That's the biggest problem with methanol. Hmm. But M5 is even worse. 
Oh yeah. When you get done with M5, you're washing the whole system day down. Day of your day. Yeah, the day you <laughs> finish, you ch- you better be doing it at the track. Yeah, you know, because you wait and get home and just shove the car in the shop, you're gonna be hating yourself the next day because you're gonna have lines torn up and everything else. M5 is very very bad for for sitting. So, but yeah, other than that, it's just I wanted to be different with the mechanical fuel injection. I wanted to do, have something I mean, that I knew. I caught, knew how to it, how to tune it. How to tune it. Yeah. it caught my eye over the years. Yeah, I mean, I, I was, it has. I mean, I have people walk up and they look at it and they're like, "What, what is that? <laughs> like, what is that?" And well, the first thing know, it is is that that little spiral thing you have going into your throttle body. Yeah, whatever yeah, you want to call that, that pisses thing. everybody. <laughs> off. I love that thing. It pisses everybody off. But it, <laughs> the bad thing is they don't understand it, so they want to knock it. Yeah. I've had tons of comments on it. What is that thing? What is that thing? Oh, that's stupid. Why would you do that? Why would you make it big, small? Just because the outside looks different doesn't mean it doesn't flow. Right. You know, I ain't going to build something that ain't going to flow right. No, you know? there ain't no point doing something that ain't going to function. And with what I have, it does look a little weird. I'll give it to you. You know, it does, but it works. It makes power. I ain't, I ain't lacking power, that's for sure. I was once told by someone, it don't matter what it looks like under the hood when you're dragging their ass. They can't see it. Yeah, they exactly. They can't see it from behind you. Exactly. <laughs> Plus, I like it because it looks different. Yep. It, it catches people's eye. I mean, everybody walks by my pit. If they see that engine, they stop. Oh, yeah. And they come back and look, and they're like, what is that? Because it's <laughs> not your typical looking Honda. It's not your cookie cutter. Nope. That's why. And most people who are using the cookie cutter is probably the ones that are talking shit about it. That's well, and that's wait. the thing. A lot of it is these kids that they have a street car, and they look at that, and they say, well, why ain't it just a 90 elbow? Well, if you look at it and know what it is, you'll understand. It's actually off of a Ford diesel. It's a 7.3 Ford, and it's the part that mounts to the manifold, and the turbo plugs right into it. So what does it do? It comes right off the turbo, so the compressor of the turbo comes off, yeah. and it spirals it into a bigger plenum. Yep. What am I doing here? It's the yeah. same exact thing. Tell me it ain't going to work. Right. You know? Yep. It may not be this big, gaudy box that's got but a 90 on it. You look at it this way. But Ford engineers engineered it for a reason. They spent millions of dollars engineering parts yep. like that for a reason. Yep. And, you know, I mean, you're going to tell me it ain't going to work? It's the same size as the pipe. And it, 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 it's a flow. If anything, it's creating a vortex and mm-hmm. as it pulls in. So, you know, maybe it's helping better. I don't know. You know, I don't have no way to really check it without spending tons and tons of money on, you know, research on it. Yeah. So it's like, hey, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Some point, maybe I'll throw, you know, something off of a, a carburetor setup because that's basically what it is with this injection setup. It's a massive three and a quarter inch throttle body mm-hmm. and that's basically the same as a top hat on a carburetor hmm. so like your top hats that they use for the turbo setups for a blow-through carburetor mm-hmm. it's the same thing i could use one of those and bolt it on but that but, would be a 99 yeah but that's yeah. a direct 90 yeah, you yeah, know yeah. it's got a little plenum on top of the carburetor well you kind of need that on a carburetor on a massive throttle body that's just a big hole you don't really need yeah, that plenum this is going to force yeah. it in you know under boost so yeah. You know, everybody's got their opinions on it. And I, you know, it's fine. You got an opinion about it? I'm, I'm glad to listen because you know <laughs> you might spark an idea in my head and me go, oh, you could be right. right. You know, or I can, you know, be like, no, I've tested it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, that's the one thing I can't honestly say. I've tested most of the stuff I've done. You know, most of the parts I build for somebody else, I've already done it. You, yeah, you're doing. You know? a, you're doing a lot of R and D. 
on other people's cars for a sense and then bringing it to your own? Actually, the opposite. I do oh, a lot of the R&D on yeah, my car and bring it to other yeah. people. So, Well, that's a thing, too. Like, you see a lot of people getting frustrated at the track when they're not making good runs, but you... Even if you don't make a good time, you're still R&Ding your car and learning oh, yeah. from every run. Yeah. I mean, at one point, this car wouldn't make a straight pass for nothing. It had bad bump steer. Hmm. And all my drawings and everything were perfect. I was like, why am I getting bump steer? It doesn't make sense. So what did it end up being? Me being a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> when I built it, something in my head when I was building it decided to change the steering arm that comes off of the hub to make it something else fit better or line up better i don't know I, I when i look back at it when i finally sat down with the car and was like i gotta figure this out i sat down with it and i started measuring everything on the hubs i'm like this isn't the way i drew it why is it built like this and i was like you built it dummy you know <laughs> what did you do what so did you do this for? <laughs> yeah so i started thinking about it and i was like man i I had to have changed this because something was running into something you know i, I didn't know exactly why i did it at that point so I had to like really sit down and figure it out. And when I did, I was like, man, you're a dummy. I was, I was an inch off. An inch is all it takes. Oh, wow. You're an inch off on your pivot point. Well, when the car goes like this, the wheels do this. So when you go down the track and you have another problem I found with the car was it's independent rear suspension. Well, there's nothing tying those independent suspensions together. So I didn't have an anti-roll bar on it or a sway bar per se. Mm -hmm. um, and m another mistake I made was I made a single wheelie bar. I like the idea of a single wheelie bar with this because it was light. And you don't. Why do you need two wheelie bars? You know, you're just planting the car and going. Yeah. But well, with this, with independent suspension, the car would plant. Yeah. Set twist. to one side. And so now that's driving the car one direction. Yeah. Well, I'm steering it. Well, then we hit a bump, and the wheels do this. So now you're steering it the other way. So the car did this you're all the way down the track. The, yeah. So I'm fighting two things at the same time, and I never knew it. Plus, I had my shocks in the back were a little, the spring rate was a little low still. You know, trial and error, man. I'm trying to figure this out. I don't, you know, you don't know until you go to the track. Yeah, you don't know. You know, it works here sitting in the shop, bouncing it and stuff. Okay, things look good. Let's go to the track. You know, driving it down the street, you're not getting traction. So it's not doing the crazy stuff, you know, at the track. So I could never get a read. Down the street, it ran fine. Get to the track, it's all over the place. I saw you were testing somewhere. <laughs> is that, is that, a, is that is an a area secret, 51? Is secret that area location 51? somewhere in Mexico? <laughs> no. Um, so I got something on your car, though. Uh, what made you go independent rear instead of a solid rear? I saw Christian Rado's car yeah. and it inspired me. So I was like, I want to do that. If he can do it, I can do it. I wanted to build a pro, pro front-wheel drive car. And I've always liked Christian Rado in the sense of he was very innovative with everything he did. I mean, he's one of the guys that had a V-drive in his car, you know, when he first started. They ran the car. They ran the engine straight. Hmm. He was one of the first guys to start doing that. Um, but he hooked it to like a Linko with a V-drive and then back up to a 9-inch rear. Yeah, it was crazy. And I saw stuff like that, and I was just like, dude, your car is ridiculous. Like, the innovation here is crazy. Because hmm. he was trying to mix the pro mod style car of then with a front-wheel drive. And the only way you're going to do that is start trying stuff start out. you got to try things, you know. And so, you know, um, a, a guy named Bob Norwood was helping him design this stuff. And Bob's a really good uh, engineer. He's done a lot of stuff for the drag racing community. 
So they called the car NORAD. And it's just, you know, you look at some of the old magazines and stuff with Christian Drado's Celica in it and the thing's an animal, you know. It still is to this day, you know. He just doesn't run it anymore because yeah. there's no reason. So it's, the, I got a lot of inspiration from that, so I did it. Well, then I found out probably what they found out <laughs> later on down the road, yeah. you know. So, you know, trial and error. So I put a, a, a anti-roll bar on it, the back of the car stabilized, put heavier springs on it so it wasn't slamming down so hard anymore, and... I fixed the the hubs. Car runs straight as an arrow now. You know, I finally got enough runs on it, and I had a couple friends that really know cars and chassis setups and watched the car run. And they're like, "Dude, the wheels are doing this, and the car is doing this." And well, as soon as they told me that, it was like, "Okay, well, I kind of know where to go." But yeah. when you're driving the car, you don't know what it's doing on the outside. No. You can't see things. And can, I had friends you videotaping. Can't feel turn like this, or yeah. I mean, I have friends videotaping, but all I know is what's going on on the seat of my pants, you know. And when the car is going from one side of the lane to the other side, you're not really trying to think, well, was that shot yeah. compressed? <laughs> 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 was that the left trailer? Yeah. Yeah. Don't touch the fucking wall. Yeah, you're going, please don't hit the wall. Please don't hit the wall. Please don't hit the wall. You know. So that's just how it went. And I finally got it figured out. Now the car runs great. It runs really straight. I'm really happy with it. Um so it was about time to start just turning it up and making power so we ended up building the motor and got the best setup i've ever had in the car now so most expensive too so we've dropped a pretty dime on it so but it uh are you gonna should run pretty good now you're gonna continue with the same tuner or are you gonna go elsewhere and maybe find someone that knows this stuff a little better or i tune it I'm the tuner. Oh, really? I, I took it to Chad Barber Barber Shop, and mm-hmm. we threw it on the dyno, and he, you know, he's like, "Dude, I don't know fuel tech." He goes, "I know a little bit," and I was like, "Neither do I, bro. Let's, <laughs> Let's learn. Go. Let's go. Let's <laughs> learn." So, you know, we we did what we could, and we reached out to people that know, you know, more than us, obviously, that mm-hmm. run this stuff all the time, and they gave us a really good base to work off of, and. We made like 460 on the dyno running out of jets. You know, I didn't have the right jet sizes. So I was like, we're barely touching. We're just barely touching the capabilities of this car. We ran 20 pounds of boost and we're making 460. I mean, it's we're going to run 30 pounds all day long on this yeah, car. You so now you got easy. the right jets, the right turbo. Now everything. I've got now everything I need. It's just about getting my transmission back together. Because <laughs> so, 9,000 RPM, it don't like to shift off of synchros. New, so yeah. we're faceplating everything. So everything's at liberty, and they found a crack in my ring gear, so I had to send the ring gear back to the manufacturer, um, which is in Thailand. So, and he told me, you know, which I don't understand why he couldn't just remake the ring gear and send me one. He wanted me to send him the one that was cracked so he could copy it. And I'm like, why can't you just make, you made this one. It's a 4-0 ratio, you know, it's just the main ring gear. So he's just trying to verify that it's broken? He's like, well, yeah, he had a lot of concerns. When I told him it cracked, he was like, oh, send it to me. And I was like, it's in... Michigan, yeah. dude. Like, I don't have it here. They called me and told me it was cracked. You know, I thought it was fine. Yeah. But they found a, a small crack on the edge of one of the gears. Hmm. So we found a problem. And so now it's back there getting the ring gear remade. It just got there this weekend. 
and as far as I know, Liberty's faceplating everything and doing all the heat treating, cryo treating, metal stabilization, and the slippery coatings. So this won't be done this year then? It'll be back 2021? It'll be 2021 most likely. If you see any more out of this car, it'll be at the secret test site. So that'll be the only place I probably run it the rest of this year, if we get it back together in time. But I think we'll, it'll be rain season by then. So is this your secret test site, or is this someone you know that this is can be shared type thing? <laughs> <laughs> we could probably work out a little share thing hey. you know if i if i had a, a close friend that wanted to come and test their car with me we could probably do something like that you know if somebody needed it then they could get a hold of me and i could do it but it uh it, it is kind of a i don't want to take advantage yeah. of the situation because they they gave me an open opportunity of hey you did us good Anytime you need it, you got it. And I was like, That's pretty cool. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. It's not too often you get no. that plot of land that no. <laughs> they can't touch you and do anything to right? you. So. so, yeah, if I wanted to really set up for street racing, I could. I, that's a perfect place to do well, it. That's what we well, that's what we were kind of We always talk like, about shootouts yeah. and holding our own for the yeah. podcast and stuff. And we were, I had seen that and I was like, I wonder whose that is, if it's his yeah. or if it's kind no, of a... He wouldn't, they wouldn't want to shoot out of any type, yeah. that's for sure. But, you know, to go out and play and test for the, for the day or something like that, I can always do that. So That's cool. But, yeah, I mean, the next time I go, I'd like to have, you know, somebody else with a car to go out and, you know, test with me. It'd be fun. Yeah. At least make a day of it, you know. Yeah. So, but, yeah, it uh, it's definitely... Uh, special place now you, said you, you said you've been doing this for building this car for 15 years what's keeping you motivated now i'm um, talking about it off camera basically my dad i was done i got married bought a house you know was trying to get things set up for my kid for the future and all that and i was pretty much done the motor was worn out and i was done spending money on trannies you know blowing trannies up left and right so I was just done, and I had the car. I tried selling it. No one really wanted to hit on it because it just, you know, no one wants a pro front-wheel drive car right yeah, now, yeah. you know? They're just not there. Well, it's like Danny's RSX. He tried to sell it for a while, and nobody wanted yeah. it. And I'm they like, just don't insane. want to spend the money. I got offered three grand. Oh, wow. I was like, get out of here, man. Like, you want my trailing arms? <laughs> yeah, you know, I was like, get out of here, you know? I mean, I, at one point, I was I was ready to take ten grand for the car, yeah. you know, run it. I was like, I'll build the motor again. I'll put the motor back together if you can give me ten grand. Yeah. You know, which then it was just going to be a ring and bearing and send it on its way because yeah. it would run. But, <clears throat> you know, my dad, uh, he got into really bad health and we've always done everything together. So he basically was like, man, you know, I want to go racing again. And he come into some money and was like, let's do it. And I was like, dad, I don't, I don't have the money to do this. There's no way. He's like, I do. And I was like, yeah, but. You know, because you've always done it yourself. You know, me and him, we've done everything together with the racing. But when it come to this car, I did everything myself. I paid for it myself. I worked my butt off. I did everything. The only thing that he ever helped me out with was with the shop because we had the shop together. You know, Mm -hmm. he helps pay for the shop. Other than that, it's always been me. All these tools, everything, I bought them all myself. A lot of people think, you know, hey, you know, your dad's bought all this stuff for you. No, it's that's not the case. 
my dad would never spend the money on these tools. <laughs> he was like, like, you say you like let's go down to the flea market and buy somebody's used tools that we, you know, we can use, you know? I mean, that's what he did. That's how we got our DAs and everything else. Ooh, to, you wanted 50 cents for that wrench at that yard yeah, sale? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Like, it, it was that way for a long, long time with him because that's just the way he was. I you think know? that's an old mentality. My dad was the same yeah, way. He was frugal, anything. man. He oh, was frugal. It was like, why am I going to go spend, you know, $80 on a, on a DA when... I can get one over here at the flea market. And I'm like, because that's going to break. Yeah. That thing's a piece of crap, you know? <laughs> that's why they're selling it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's dude, there. that thing's that's already got 20 years on it. <laughs> You're going to buy it? Like, But, you know, that's how we started here, though. You know, we bought everything cheap and used and worked our way up. Well, I finally got myself into a position where I was making a decent job. And, you know, like I said, you know, earlier, was, uh, I got my taxes back every year. It was like put that money into the shop in the car so i bought more tools and, and stuff and then i met some friends that that moved into the shop and we went together on the cnc plasma and built that and you know it's just things like that have just come along in, in my life that i've gotten you know blessed with and and just work it's worked out so like, like i said i'm not a major manufacturing plant yeah, i do no. custom one-off pieces that's what i do you know i don't i don't want to sit around and weld the same manifold every day yeah you don't want i don't want to build 10 of those and then hope they sell you know Uh, i don't do that stuff i'd rather just make the one-off stuff build your car you know or pieces for your car and that's it you know this is a hobby for me it's not a a every day this is my job yeah Yeah. it's not my nine to five yeah so what's kept me going is pop came in and threw a bunch of money at me and said i want the best we can do so we sat down with the cars and engines that we had and laid out a plan and this was the smartest one to do it was the easiest one to do and it was going to be the cheapest in the long run so that's what i did so we just put this one back together and we went all out with it and i bought the best of everything i could buy at the time and you know it's like anything you buy something you're like man this is the best thing i can get and then two weeks later they come out with a new product and you're like great right (laughs) so you know or they have them but you can't get them because they're out of stock and they don't know when they're going to be you know back they're back ordered for six months and you're like i want to go racing now so you know stuff like that but so is your dad still continuing with you at the track yes yes he he i can't really take him to the track anymore just because of his health okay he just can't physically make it no more it just beats him up too much um but other than that, you know, we try to film everything, do everything. I take him to my testing if I can. And you take um, the family with you to the track? They're all pretty I take my daughter, yeah. yeah. I, I've, since then, I've been divorced, and I, I had a daughter from, from a pre, previous uh, uh, relationship. And, you know, my daughter's 15 years old. So it's like she's into it. She likes doing cool. it with me. That's cool. So she's, not, she's more of the agricultural girl she wants to raise sheep and stuff so i don't see her continuing doing this but yeah she's an ffa girl and you know she doesn't she isn't as excited about it as i am but she does like going she likes doing the filming she likes doing all the uh stuff and being part of it that's so i mean a lot of it it plays part people don't realize you know running a team like even just having someone to record your stuff like that oh it's because you can use that for r&d you know exactly it's huge like i try to have somebody film in the car at the end of the track and somebody at the beginning you know when it launches and then you know i've got a couple buddies that i sponsor with my work for them um that help me out at the track yeah as i said i see the same guy there 
with you almost Marcus, every event. Yeah. yeah. And he lines yeah. you up. He's he's got a road race integra that's just beautiful. It's probably one of the cleanest cars around. Hmm. And he was at he was at race wars, he was showing. So Oh, okay. Oh, and uh yeah, you see my logo on his car. I it's guess a cream color to the show, huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm I'm over the show kinda, life. I've kinda, done that. They kinda or just last CMI. Yeah, this last they race made it, wars. They made us move pits and. The race wars kind of disappointed yeah. me with the whole pit situation, putting all the pro cars out in the grass. That kind of pissed me off, you know, over the bikes. Yep. They have a bunch of bikes there. And I'm like, what the hell is all this about? Money. And they got to go the day before. Money. It's all yeah. it's, it's money. All it's it always is. been about money. Yep. So, and, yep. you know. It is what it is. They I mean, had, unfortunately, but... in Bodie's, or not Bodie's, but um, Monty's little setup with the rear-wheel drive cars, they had all that marked out for those guys, mm. but they didn't even use all that pit area. Mm. So yeah. it was like, you know, it just sucked. So I, I don't like being out in the grass with the car. It sucks. No. It, it gets yeah. things jacked up on That it. was one of our talks we had with the owner of Sack Raceway. We Tony. had talked about, yeah, Tony, we had talked about that. And he was like, honestly, we're trying to work on things for next year. He was like, we want to try to change things up, see if it helps, see if things get better. So, yeah, we talked a lot with him. And then he's supposed to sit down with us, too, and have an episode. And he wants to. I'd like to know more about the future of the track because every year it's, oh, they're shutting down. They're shutting down. Well, there's your turn. (laughs) Yeah, it's like. You wanted to talk about that. What? Oh, the car for the track. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I don't know if I'm supposed to say what I want to say. Oh, yeah. Because. Tony informed us that it's going to be open next year. Well, he informed everybody that 2021 will still be alive. Yeah. We got information that it's going to be extended more. Past that. Well, that's great. We're not so, that's good news. I just don't want to say how long because I don't know if I'm supposed yeah. to release that. Yeah. But, but on the good news, guys, it is going to be open 2021 and a couple years past that. Yep. So it, it all, it's all going to depend yep. on how we keep pushing the scene. Yeah. And that's that's the biggest thing is can, getting – Getting the kids in there, man, and getting them active. Well, that, they got to get the kids That in was there. his push. He was like, you know, I can shut this down now, sell the property, make a bunch of money, or I can put myself back into this track and make more money. He was like, yeah. I make a killing on it because when well, people show yeah. up. Yeah. But that it takes people showing up, so people not showing up. And I think it's just the type of events they hold, too. You know, he needs to work on the events and how they're run yes be more involved in that yeah i mean which it seems there like should be is. a standard way of setting things up there you know well because the, the, the way they bring people in the way they they do the pit situations it's it's sometimes it's a cluster well the problem with that is it's not him no it's i know it's the promoter track yeah, yeah. or race wars yep. or yep. you know and and it's and honestly as them being promoters, it's not easy, man. You can't, no. one guy can't try to do everything. No. You know, you got to set your guys up and say, hey, you, you guys take care of this, you take that. The yeah. one thing I did like was they did have people directing traffic mm-hmm. at Race Wars. That, that worked out really good. Yeah. It's just the way they set it all up. Well, the biggest problem with it out. is you don't have promoters that are racers. Most mm-hmm. of these promoters are all show people yep. or just business people that see the money in the yep. business. Yep. So when they don't know the race aspect of it, they're not yeah. going to know how it's to set it up. Race wars, not car show race wars. It's called <laughs> race wars. Give me something because man, it's about it racing. Dri- it drives me nuts, and, <laughs> every- and a lot of people might give me shit for this. But you know what? You're going to a fucking racetrack, bro. He tells me this every I, I, year. That, that's every not, year, dude. I have not put every this year. on air, 
but man, it drives me <laughs> nuts, bro. And and that's why I, I said that's why I was be nice about CMI. You see, it? I'm getting a little yeah. energized now, but yeah. man, it, no, it, man, it, like it drives me but nuts. But see, bro. CMI. Every time I've gone to a CMI, it's about racing. Yeah, you yeah. don't. I mean, well, sure they'll have I'm a talking, car show or something. But that that part of the car show part, because long story short, we were pit right there by a by the end of the stands. Mm-hmm. We were we never really pit there, but it was open, and I was like. Probably not gonna be that many people. I was like, let's just go pit over there. We set so up. There's pit. probably about twenty people there. There was there was a good. You know. There was there was pits already set up. We had canopy set up. We had tables set up. All the tools and everything's ready to go for the day. Put We're slicks chilling. on the car. You know everything's getting ready. Snap Motorsports. Shout out them. They're getting set up across from us. Big canopies. Big trailer and everything. Come up. Hey, y'all gotta move. We're like, for what? They're like, oh, cause this is part of the car show. Da, da, da. I'm like, looking around thinking. But there's not that many cars. What the hell? And then come to find out, it was supposed to be a car show of 200 cars, and only 40 showed up. And they still made us all move. Yeah, and they moved us <laughs> for eight v- VWs. Yeah. And the thing is, where they ended was where the pits were starting. Yeah. So they could have squeezed them in right there and then started all our pits, and we could have all just stayed there. Mm-hmm. But give it to him. It was his first, first event. event. I, and like yeah, I said, you know, it was his you first know, event. And that's the thing. Everybody's got to learn. Yep. We gotta, these, these promoters just got to learn yeah. what... The racers need yep. what the car show guys need, and the the, the spectators will come. They're going to come. That's why but you got to make your participants happy. Yep. And with the racers, we need to be able to get to and fro the track easy. We need to be able to get through the lines. We need to be able to get you know. Be we can't have car show stuff blocking yep. race car stuff. Yep. You know. So well, and that's and, that's and, one and of like the nice up things. by the front of the track there at Sacramento, that should all be open to the racers. Oh yeah, you know. And I know at Race Wars they had the 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 bikes and and the other cars and stuff. That's fine, but you know if if we're doing an import car meet, the pros need you know if if you're a pro car, you need to have a place to tow. You, should, you know, you if you're towing your car, well, you should have a place that you can tow your car up to. Stop it and go. Not weasel through all this traffic and people because that's, that's 15, 20 minutes right there because you got to drive two yeah. miles. That's an the hour. shitty part is it became politics. It used to be pro pits were the front pits. Yep. So it was only pro cars that pitted mm-hmm. them. Now it that's became it this is my biggest team. It's going here. This one is my built a pro car. I wanted to be up front with the big dog. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's how it I breaks mean, down. It became a politics thing where the the crew was here. The crew was here. The crew was here, and now there's no pro pit. There was a, there was a there was a guy that pulled up on an integ- with an Integra on a trailer. Didn't earn slicks or skinnies. Was on street tires. I watched him run three passes, sixteen second passes, but he was in the pit pro pit part. Mm-hmm. That that used, it not, never I, happened. Back I mean, in the I mean, day. he's a racer. No. I get it. OG days, you man. Really we'll see and that's I love the OG did, days. You know I, mean? I miss them. That's the thing with Chad. Like Chad throws mm-hmm. his little fits. But he gets, right. he gets mad when he's there's right. Yes, he is. That's why I said he's right about most of yes. it. You know, I mean, nobody's right about everything, but he's right about. That's most why I, I said I he throws his little fits, like but he's right. He gets mad because there's no pro pit parking, and he's a fucking pro race car. Yep. There's no reason why he should have that car running some of the fastest times at the track, and he's out there in the fucking dirt. Dirt. Yep. That's the dirt. Yep. And I understand the track can't make concrete for everybody. No. You know yeah. that's fine, but. Your bracket racers should be out there, yep. unfortunately. Yeah, no. I, I don't want them to be out there, but, you know, your guys' cars aren't as finely no. detailed as these no. in the sense of a little speck like, of dirt could really mess up a lot of stuff I'm on some of these cars. You know, you guys are more car. of a street car. You've got rubber caps over your bushings and stuff like that and your suspension. This, this, is, is, all all, this is all Heim joints. You yep. start getting those dirty... 
they start tearing things mm-hmm. up. Yeah. You know, all Himes is fearful. You're done. You yeah. know, like, that's like I, my actually. I like to pit right, right in front of the the, the, the first the scoreboard and mm-hmm. right right by the turnout. I like to pit right there. Yeah, because we're not far. It's like it's kind of a little bit of a walk, but I like to be able to come off the road right there, and you get to see the 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 big end. You know the. Best part, track. Mm-hmm. Everyone watches burnouts and stuff, but watching the big end is where we like my family and everybody likes to pit right there. I don't mind sitting back there, but now that my new car setup is going to be a little bit different, I'm looking to pit up there because yeah, you want to probably going to be telling my shit. Tell you the truth, I mean, and it's the thing. If you're going to do the car show, that's fine. Take half of that and stretch it on out into the dirt so that you know some of those cars are in the dirt, some of them are on the concrete, something. But you got to give the racers that that are pros some concrete. You got to do it. It's just where it's at, you know. I mean, well, I, or, or you know, if the track can pave some more, it's not cheap though. You can't rely on the track to do all that. You can't expect them to. Well, I noticed but, one thing this time. They opened up the corral. It's a little dusty, but it's they're starting to put cars in there. That's how it should be. Make use of that thing. They, I mow remember, it. And, I remember back when when the the circle track wasn't there. Well, that's, that's how far back I go yeah. into, into Sacramento. <laughs> yeah. But that's, and what that's when I, when they put that in there, it blew me away. I was like, why did you take all the pit area? Why didn't you put that further back? You know, same in thing the, track. the motorcycle track. So, same thing with all of it. Yeah, like why didn't you put it on the motorcycle track side? Yeah, you know. Cars aren't no big deal to drive through concrete. You know, those dirt track cars can drive all the way around to the pit. They're yeah. drivable, yep. you know. So they could have set that up a little differently. But, you know, not everybody's perfect, man. That, that's just you do what you can with what you got when you can. You know, we you, just know gotta make the you were best talking about the young racers and new racers and getting them in. What's some advice that you got for them, whether it be fabricating, racing, or whatever it is? What's something that you can give to some of our viewers and say, look, this is what. Start trying I to build stuff yourself. Just try. Get out there. Pick up a torch. Pick up a welder. You know, teach yourself. There's so much stuff online. I'm don't I'm be afraid to learn. 43 years old, man, and I've learned so much off of just being online. You know, other guys that get out there and film their stuff and say, "Hey, these are the problems I've ran into, and this is how you can fix it." You know, there's a lot of guys out there like Weldmonger. He he's you know he teaches all kinds of stuff on on Instagram and welding YouTube. tips and tricks. Yeah, that welding dude, tips and tricks, yeah. dude. Yeah. That yeah. guy's yeah. taught me so wow. much about stuff I had no clue about. Yeah, you know yeah. stuff that I've never welded before in my life. I see it on there and I'm like, wow. And then it pops into my life somehow, and yeah. I'm like, I know how to do this, you know, or at least I got an idea. Yeah, you know, that so you can go back and watch that. Plus, video you know, they're teaching you about all the new stuff that's coming out. You know, yep. the Ferret cups and everything else. It's all great, that's, great equipment, man. That's you know, main welding so nice, and it's like. You know, just getting out there and trying to do stuff yourself. Don't be the cookie cutter. You know, try to build it yourself, you know. And if, if you don't have it, then, hey, work your butt off and buy the stuff to do it. You know, that's what I did. And it, it that made me become that blue-collar person, you know, mm-hmm. that I went out and, and worked with my hands, you know. And putting in my own time and effort into the car and taking the time to learn the aspects of everything i'm doing whether it be the engine or the suspension or whatever a lot of these kids are smart but they're book smart they can go out there and rattle off all these specs but they can't turn the wrench so you know they got to go to their tuner and then they expect their tuner to tune the car and set everything up on the dyno and their car to go out and run an eight second pass and it's like it don't work that way man you gotta 
You got to get out there and learn it. I see that on Facebook all the time. Well, he's got the same setup that I got. Why is he making 400? I'm making 100. Because he knows how to tune his suspension. Right? (laughs) It's like, what do you mean? Just because you have the same thing I do doesn't mean it's going to be exactly the same. It's the basic thing of built, not bought. And you know, yeah. Hey, I've bought parts. I've bought, I ain't going to lie, I've bought parts, but I've made more than I've bought. There's a point where you got to stand back and go, is this cost effective for me to build that or to buy it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Can I build that speed factory uh, distributor cap? Sure. I can go to my work and do it. It's going to take me a lot longer to figure that out, to, to cut that and make it, it and spend than and to spend a little it. bit of money to do it. Yeah. And then they've already got it done. It's good. I can have it in two days. This, i got to go try to make it. Yep. So, yeah, there's Some a things are there's a give and take to it, yep. you know. Well, that's like like about two years ago when I started, like, really coming into the track and, like, putting all my effort into it. I was looking at, like, like spoils, for instance. We're talking about that. They're all 500, 600 bucks, and I can't really afford that. So I said, shit, my motto is if I can make it cheaper than I can buy it, then I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I went to my uncle's body shop, and you guys will see my drag wing. It's actually a door from a postal truck that they removed. That I laid on the ground and I did some cardboard cutouts. <laughs> shit, you not. It's some cardboard cutouts, bro. Hey, <laughs> we gotta start okay. somewhere, hey, man. Exactly. You know, because hey. I ain't gonna lie, I've done some stuff on this that is like sketchy. You know, but it's it's, it's good aluminum. Now, like, good oh, thing okay. is I got better and smarter as I went along and took that shit off. But <laughs> I you mean, know. eventually I'll probably get a better one out of stainless or something. Yeah. But it's what I have, and and it was a learning curve, and it was something hey, that I you learned. Taught yourself something, right? Yeah, you and got out there. You're proud of what you did, and no one can take that away and from I you. And I got him sitting there learning with me too. And exactly, we, we were we went and got all the parts we made. We, Useless. I taught him how to. <laughs> <laughs> I taught him how to you know use a threader, and we mm-hmm. I got some bar instead of just buying all thread, which I thought was gonna look ugly, just all thread. Mm-hmm. I went and got a piece of a little uh, eighth inch bar. We got a little threader yeah, and threaded, threaded it. it up. Taught him how to do that, you know, and yeah. it was like teaching them how to do that. And like the way I learned was like you know doing hands on. Yeah. And I was like, let's. Make our own stuff, you know. You got to, man. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's just one thing. It's going to put more pride in their cars. They're not going to cookie cutter it and just throw their money at it and walk away when it when it doesn't go right. They're going to want to fix it and make it work, yep. you know. Yeah. And then I, I think too is just getting more of these pro class cars out. I think bringing back those classes, but you got to get the people to do it. See, that's the problem. You got to get people that want to get them out there. How many people can still build tube chassis? Oh, there's plenty of people there's out there that can do it. There's not it's very whether many they will. want to. Yeah, there's not you very know? many people that will. And then also, do they have the drive and the motivation for it, too? Well, it's the it's passion, man. Well, yeah. it's like Danny. These I cars, asked him after he did his RSX. I was like, would you ever do another one? He was like, no. I've, <laughs> I've, done, <laughs> I've done about four cars after this one. Yeah. Full cars. And I, right now, I'm telling myself I don't ever want to do another one. <laughs> but I got another one out in the trailer. <laughs> so I got to finish. <laughs> You know, and it's a it's a V8 twin turbo car, you know, rear wheel drive car. So it's, you know, it's, I never want to do another one, but I will. I'll keep going with it when <laughs> I can. They're friends' cars and stuff like that, so I want to see them racing. But, you know, it's just about getting the passion, and no one has that passion. They just, oh, it broke, oh, well, get rid of it. It's like, don't get rid of it, fix it. No, it's, it's a throwaway, fix it. don't, it's a throwaway world. Know. Everyone just, yep. the brakes, throw it away, get another one. Yep. Sometimes it's cheaper. Okay, well, that car doesn't mean shit to you now. Nope. Yep. You know, I've had that car since day one. I bought that car from 
some Hmong guys in, in uh, Sacramento, and it was 15 different colors and a piece of shit, you know? Single cam, non-VTEC, uh, with a ZC training. Yeah. And had a prelude axle in it and everything. Oh, the things oh, down the road, you know, it was just jacked up. <laughs> I went down there and I paid like two grand for that car. And I was just the happiest dude ever because I finally bought my first Honda. It had a body kit on it and everything else. And I just basically started doing everything I could Here's something to make you. it better. You said you grew up in Hot Rods, you know, with this thing, mm-hmm. which blew my mind. Um, what made you go into Hondas instead of sticking Stupid to friends. <laughs> Stupidest decision in my life. <laughs> I, I sit back and look at what I've done with that, and I'm like, man, that's a cool car. But you realize what kind of rear-wheel drive car I could have? <laughs> Already. Already. <laughs> going way faster for a lot longer. Yeah. I'll put it this way. My first Honda screwed me. I bought it from Tom. I bought his old Del Sol. Mm-hmm. The red Del Sol 11s. Yeah. I bought that car. That ruined my life. <laughs> yeah. No, my friends ruined mine. Uh, they, we, we were out, you know, me and my dad had our drag car, the 30 Model A, and, and we were at a point where it was broken, and my friends were all into these Hondas. They are just starting to get into them. And they're like, man, you got to go out street racing. You got to go out street racing. I was like, man, I gave up street racing. You know, when we got that 30, we got away from it because we knew that car was going to be fast enough that if it gets away from us, it's not going to be good. It's going to be bad. Yeah. Safety back then wasn't nearly as good as it is now. Plus, we built that car, so who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> that car was not put together as well as it could be, you know? The stuff I've learned from then and now, I would that car, if I still had it to this day, I'd take the body off and rebuild everything. There's no way. I, that car is scary to me. But that happened and and all my friends showed up and was like dude you gotta go you gotta go i said fine i'll go out with you guys well at that point there was like 10 or 15 of us you know this is back when you had 30 car you know clubs and stuff and they you know everybody rolled together Mm -hmm. and you'd come up here in yuba city and the parking lots were packed pet boys and kmart and all they're packed full of people i never came up this way far as i ever went was sack and sunrise and cruise sunrise yeah yeah and you know We'd get out here, and it was the just before Fast and the Furious, you know, before it came out. And the scene was getting crazy, and they were like, dude, come out with us. Let's go racing. I said, all right, let's go. So we went out. I'm watching these guys, and everybody's side-by-side. It's side-by-side racing. I'd never had that before. It was either we blew the car away or we broke, you know. It was never side-by-side racing. So... I went with them. We took, I took a ride with them, me and my buddy, and it's like a 15, 16 second car, you know? And side by side, just, bah, 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 you're looking over, and the guy's looking at you, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> like, this is fun, you know? Like, and I wasn't really a, a, a stick shift guy at that point, you know? I didn't really know how to drive a stick that well, you know, not racing it. I could drive it on the street, but I wasn't banging gears. Yeah. So my buddies were like, drive my car. I'm like, you sure you want me to do that? He's like, yeah, dude, I want you to drive my car. So I went out and I ran. And I got a crash course and stick shift in a Honda. And then I learned how to power shift and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, don't lift. Just slap the clutch, you know. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, I was having so much fun. And I was like, I got to get one. I got to have one. I got to go out with my friends and do this with them. And that's what started it all, you know. We just started racing out on the street and... 
like I said, I had my car for a year and a half and was like, it's time to end this because I'm going to go to jail. Yeah. And I've always been a good kid, you know, growing up. I was never, never a bad kid. I didn't get into trouble. I didn't do drugs. Never tried any drugs in my life. You know, I've always just been a good kid. I drink. And that's about it. I've always done the legal stuff. But, you know, I'll drink it. You know. Right. Just about everybody knows drink. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. But, yeah. It, so, that's it. <laughs> you know. That's what started it all. And from there, it just grew. And I always wanted to be the fast guy. You know. And I'd have 30, 30 Hondas sitting out in front of my shop on a Saturday night. Because this was the place to come. You know, I helped everybody tune their cars that wanted it, you know, and the guys that didn't, they tuned their own. And we worked out of this shop and, you know, changed tires, lift, you know, lift car, change them, whatever, you know, putting lowering springs on them. We did all that here mm-hmm. and didn't charge nobody nothing. It was just come here and have fun and hang out. And we'd sit around the fire and bullshit at night until it was time to go out racing. So it's just what it was and just kind of grew from there. So you've been doing this for a long time. Is there anything that you could, or you would say or think or change about the track events that could make them better, in your opinion? Just more organization, mainly. I, I, I think that, and then making sure everybody can hear. Because that was the worst thing <laughs> about Rays. You can't hear shit over Well, there. the car shows get going. They got their music playing on the stage and everything. And that's fine. It's cool, you know. It's, it's nice to have music in the background and stuff, but... If they're making track announcements, they should be announcing it over that too. You know, it should be cutting in whatever to the music, or at least turning it down, saying, "Hey, we got you know round you know qualifying one whatever coming up." Yeah, bust in and do that. Don't just try to make the track overplay you guys because they always just turn it up more. Yep. So I mean, that's I think that's one of the biggest things is just getting it to where everybody can hear. They say tune in, but. You know, you You're tune in and it doesn't, you don't hear anything because they're not talking. So you think, oh, yeah, it's nothing. And then all of a sudden, you know, you might hear something if you're paying attention. But not just that. Who's got FM, AM radios anymore? Yeah, it's true, too. And a lot of, a lot <laughs> of them don't. And you have to leave your car running or your truck Yeah, it's right got to be on to hear uh, it. Then, so, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, that's that's one thing. Just organization in the sense of being able to hear what's going on and everything. And when you put everybody out in the North 40, you got to be ready for that. you got to have somebody out in the North 40 saying, hey. You know, we're calling hot rod. We're calling, you know, you know, whatever, whatever class. Yeah. All wheel drive, and I think whatever. That was what round two of eliminations of CMI. We were waiting for guys, and they're calling. They're, they're his buddies are all calling them. They're calling guys and everything. It's like, did they leave? Did they broke? Can they hear over the intercom? Yeah. Or, you know, that you was don't know. right around the time that the car show was blowing with the with the low rider. Yeah. Or the, yep. The limbo, limbo and everything else. And, so and, you, and you I think they should it. stop. Like, if they're going to do that, they're going to do the limbo, then stop racing. You know, take a break. Do the limbo stuff at lunchtime. Do, you know, after the car, you know, after racing, after eliminations, do the limbo. Do the car show announcements, whatever. To plan that out to where you don't got things going on at the same time because it's crazy. I think a lot the worst, of The worst part about it is the two-step contest. You can't hear nothing no. over yeah. that. You ain't, gonna, you ain't and, going to. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you got to plan that stuff out at... Times. The right time because a lot of times they pull, you'll pull people from the stands and mm-hmm. you'll take them there. A lot of times they're standing around there; they don't want to go back to the stands. Just remember, it's called race wars. Yeah, go back to the racetrack. It's racing. racing. It's about racing. I'd rather. Go Hell, it was still about racing and freaking Fast and the Furious. What were they doing? You had people watching the racing. You didn't Bikini see contest. You didn't see. Well, 
Hey, but that was after the race. It was. That was so, that was in the evening. So speaking, racing's done. Everybody's drinking, eating. You so know. speaking of that, do you think that we could benefit from two day events instead of the one day? Oh event? God, yes. I think two because I know we used to have out. it. Oh yeah, I'd love to have a two day event. Love to have that. I hear it a lot, so that's why I bring two day events a lot. is where it's at because you can come in, you can qualify, you can get all the bullshit out of the way. Of qualifying because if you can't qualify, then bye bye. Yeah, or go you know? enjoy the car show or go. Yeah, enjoy you can barbecue, you can whatever. Have fun, but you know, and then have your eliminations and ha- start it early. Yeah. You know, don't say you're going to start racing at ten and then start at noon. Yeah. I, th- I think we should start racing a little bit earlier. I think so too. I think we should start racing, especially if it's qualifying. Let us get those early morning runs in where it's nice and cool. The track's still the cool. Weather's great. The weather's great, and then. Stop everything around three, four o'clock. Do all those, you know, the tug of wars or yeah. your limbos or your, you know, whatever. Do all that stuff. Then give the track time to to get through the hot process where it sucks. Yeah. And then six, instead seven of, o'clock, we kick everything back silence. off for eliminations and finish the night. The yeah, sad you know? part about it is, it's a lot of it's the entry because you have car shows, racers, and vendors, and people all coming through the same gate at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, say, you're saying gates more. open up at seven, racing starts at nine, but you still have people in the back of the line at you know noon. Mm-hmm. So they can't start racing till noon. Yep, and that's the sad thing about SAC is they do have the two gates. And yeah, they more could than say, two. They could say, well, I'm just saying the two yeah. main gates. They could say, hey, Pros only come through that main gate where everybody normally leaves out of. Or pros least, come in there, and, or, and then bracket and car, car and shows in one, racers in one, spectators yeah, in one. Exactly, and then they can fill up that whole parking lot with the the car show people yeah. and let them come in, yep. and I then think, the racers can come in and get where they need to go because we're the ones that take up the most room in the line. We've yep. got trailers, yep. so get those guys it. through. Yep. I think that you know, or make man, a trailer line and a straight car line. The yeah. main gate. I think that should be for the car shows and for the spectators. I think the racers should get the other, the one that goes on the other side of the fence when you go around, because it puts you right into the into the pits, it puts you right into the staging land right there. I think. Well, the, so does the main gate. The main gate goes right in because that's yeah. as you're coming out. But I think the main gate. The reason why I think they should do that is because they could leave that open, and they ain't gonna have people backed up. You ain't gonna get a big line right there. Yeah. If you're moving those people, because they can just stand there and, and get of, the racers. And, and most of them are pre-sales. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those races are pre-sales, so yeah. all you're doing is... I'm or do a pre-sale. And do a pre-sale line right there. Hey, if you're pre-sale, all you got to do is come up, t- 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 boom, go. Yep. And then and all the other people are, you're over there. And then if it starts to get too crazy, then set it up over on the other side where you've got... You know, pre-sale line or trailer, truck and trailer line, and then just car show or just cars, you know, yeah. the bracket racers. Mm-hmm. You know, set it up something like that to where the line's going to flow better. Yeah. And if somebody starts cutting and doing their BS in line, then, you know, hey, buddy. Which, if it flows, later. If it flows that good, I don't think you're, you'll run into that no. stuff. But, I mean, and that's the thing, too, is where they opened up the third gate for race wars and everything and started pushing everybody about that. They should do that right off the bat. Yeah. Make that line go all the way out and around into God's country because who cares? It's a line. Yep. You know, yeah. you, we're all expecting it. Yep. You know, I get there. They say they're going to open the gates at whatever time, and then you get there. I get there at least an hour to two hours early and sit waiting because I want to get a good spot, you know, yep. with the track. And we get there, and they don't open the track for another hour or whatever, yeah, or say, 45 you, they minutes they after gates, they say. Gates open at 7, and they don't open until 7.30. Or 8.00. And then they're still 
signing things. Yeah, trying sign. to figure stuff out. And I understand out. they've got to get all that stuff signed. they got to get it stuff. If that's the case, you know, you say you're going to open gates at 8. You know that gate's going to be packed when you get there because well, everybody's showing up. Let's get somebody out there an hour early and start signing all the waivers. Yeah. Get all your waivers signed. They've done that before. Well, they did that this they last year. Yeah. You know, they get out there and get all those those waivers signed and get people scanned in and then start letting people in early if you can. You know, let the people that are going to show up early get in early. Yeah. You know, that's just going to help. A lot know? of times there's a line of people and the gate's closed and we're all standing around talking. Yeah. And then like, oh, it's moving. So now we all... But cars, it's you know, like anything else. you got to pay those people, so it's going to cost yeah. more money. You know, so it's give and take. Mm. The but money they ideas. make, though, I'm sorry, but they have the money to spend. Well, I just think that, you know, you're going to tell somebody you're going to be there at 8, you should be opening up at 745. Mm-hmm. It's the way I was taught. You know, they always say Be there 15 minutes time. early and get it done, get it going. It's that, it's that saying, if you're, if you're on time, you're late. If you're early, you're on time type mm-hmm. thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's true. Yes, sir. Let's see what uh, well, so what's your overall goals with the car? You got a time, a horse. I like to break cert, eight fifties. I think that's reasonable for the car. I think it'll do it. Um, once we get things ironed out, you know, if it with what it weighs, if it makes six fifty, it should run down there no problem. But you gotta make it do it first. Yeah. I can say whatever I want, but until yeah. that car it's clicks run, that number, it's running threes, <laughs> damn it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, I got. But I, I know mean, plenty of people that I'm going to make a thousand horsepower, and they don't. Yeah. And they go out and run their car, and it runs 12 seconds. And like, oh, it's good. It's just not a realistic learning. goal, though. Is yeah. Cert. It's not. It's not unrealistic. No, I mean the car started for 850. I could cert it for lower, but I don't want to. You know, it costs more money. Yeah. The car was never going to. You know, I before I knew I was only planning on making about 450. And I knew 850 was going to be pushing it at that. They'd yeah. probably never do it. And maybe run a low nine at that that kind of number. But it, uh, you know, with the 650 and being the weight that it is, and if I get my fat butt in the gym, <laughs> you know, it, it'll go. But it'll, if I could break cert with it, I'll be happy. That, that, that'd be a point where I'm done. You What's know? your best time in it so far? We ran a 1050. Um, that's with about 300 horse. Um, this last time we went out, we ran 11 something, but you know, the transmission was just not wanting to shift, but we went 140 missing second and third gear. So yeah, it, it, third gear, third gear, she freight trained, right? How do you feel? You're doing 90, 91. No, I'm doing hundred. Don't blame me like that. You want to pull over your time slip? I guarantee you money that there's time slip to say nineties. Yeah, when I'm missing fucking gears, dickhead. Yeah, all this year. <laughs> Actually, technically, the car only went, we only raced one time this year. So okay, so sorry, last year then. And technically, I still went over 100 all event, all rounds on CMI, so. Yeah, the funny part was when I first put this car together, it was going to be a nitrous car. And a nitrous uh, all-motor, uh, basically, car, single cam. And we put it together and ran it. It ran a 12-something right out of the bat with this, this damn near stock motor. That's crazy. So yeah, it was it ran pretty good. So what do you pay attention to a lot of like, you know, the Pan Ams, the East Coast stuff? I try, you know, I, I, I watch what you're, I you're can. very well knowledge on, on pro stuff, so I was just, mm-hmm. well, do you still keep up with it? Yeah, I watch I watch the stuff. You know, I had Speed Factory, them losing their car was just a shame. Yeah. 
But, um, you know, I kept up with those guys just because, uh, you know, you idolize that stuff. You know, you'd love to be able to go that fast. And what they did, and I kept up with Speed Factory mainly just because the single cam. You know, well, James they're... doing all the work with the single cam. I was just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, are, you are worthy, you know. <laughs> he still posts that car so, all the time. Yeah, yeah it, the car is just awesome. And they did remarkable things with it. And they, they've led it to where the, we are now mm-hmm. with the stuff. I can't wait to see their and, new build. Yeah, their new build's going to be nasty. Is... I watched that. I watched NRG make that car. Yeah, Tom you know, did it. And it's all the ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm, I, I keep up with the chassis stuff. I like to watch how these guys... And I like the fact that they're doing the, the chassis now and the way they're doing them. You know, I keep up with that, watching how everybody does it, because sooner or later somebody's going to come in here and be like, hey, I need one, and yeah. I'll do it. But... You know, everybody builds things differently. You know, Whitfield, he's got some pretty crazy ideas with what he's doing with chassis. I've never seen somebody build these chassis the way they are with his. And I don't know if everybody notices, but, you know, you normally have a halo bar up top mm-hmm. with your down bars up front and your funny car cage. Well, he's got that set up where his halo bar is his main hoop, pretty much. He's got a little tiny halo bar out front on, the, on a couple of cars he's posted lately. You don't see that. You don't see that in a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, you, got, you know, that's the stuff I pay attention to because it's a design, and I want to know if it's going to work. You know, it's, technically, that, that should work great. It's an awesome, you know, it, that should work great. Mm-hmm. Will it? We don't know yet. We got to see what the car does see once it comes out. Yeah. But that's the stuff. I love looking at the fabrication and builds and stuff like that because it inspires me to build different things and come up with my own ideas. So you're, you're not, so to say, you're not really worried about what they're playing with the fuel and all that stuff over there? No, I definitely watch all that stuff. I, I, I keep <laughs> so, an eye on okay, all so, that so, stuff. So, so when they called? started doing M5, I was like, mm-hmm, you tricky <laughs> bastard. <laughs> I was like, I was waiting for the Nitro thing to come out. Because oh, I yeah. knew. Yeah, so we talked I was, about I've been in the Nitro game for years, so man. What's, what's your... Uh, Throw a little 5% in anything. <laughs> it makes things run nice. That's still considered uh, all-motor deal? The Nitro stuff? Yes and no. I mean, it's a power adder. <laughs> it's. I think. I think it's cool that they've went there, you know, because I've I've been standing back going, pros run nitro. Why can't we? But everybody stopped at M1, so I was like, why can't we run nitro? You know, why can't there be a class for nitro? Yeah. I don't have a problem with it, but you can't be running nitro and then running against an M1 car. It's just not fair. No. That's not. That is not fair. <laughs> it is not the same thing. You know, so it's is, not an all-motor so class. So is it fair that that technically, like, who's got the all-motor record right now? Is it, uh, is it still... Tabiary. Tabiary's uh, had it. Yeah. So, oh, it's 860, right? 863? 840? Did they? Oh, 846 or 864? Right, I thought he went 870. It was either... No, it was, it was 846 or 864. But it was one of those two is numbers. it fair to call that the all-motor record? Or is that the Nitro record? You know what I mean? Like, I think it like should be called the Nitro record. Just like we have... Because we have a top record, right? We have a top alcohol class. But and they, we have a Nitro class, right? Mm-hmm. In NHRA. There should be a top alcohol class. You know, top alcohol all-motor. Mm-hmm. And a top Nitro class. Cool. They're two different cars, man. That's, that's why they call it outlaw. It's, yeah. it's an outlaw well, yeah. car. Well, now that, yeah. now that they have it. But still, technically, everyone still says, what's the all-motor record? Because if you go... Let's say you go like nine 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 one on M one. It's more like, about oh, that ain't shit because he just did eight sixties. When you get into the all motor stuff, it's all about the realists. Those yeah. guys, you know, the all motor guys are very finicky and touchy about their all motor stuff. Yeah, no. So 
you gotta you gotta like it, it's a fine line it really is That's what and, I'm saying. and, like, what do you and honestly like nitro it is a power adder to a point but it is its own class i think nitro is a whole nother game man mm-hmm. it's it's not it's nothing about it is the same you, you tune a car one way you go put nitro in it it's a whole nother ball game yeah. you're changing everything on it i mean you're running crazy amounts of timing and stuff like that so you know, for me, it's a, it's a whole nother ball game when you come to Nitro because it's just it does add power. I care what you do, mm-hmm. you throw Nitro in anything, it's gonna go faster. <laughs> so it's just like nitrous. Nitrous is a different class. Yeah. So you know, yeah, it's not may not be a fuel, but it's a class. So I think the Nitro stuff should be in its own class, but it should be a class. I think it should be around. I like that it's around. I think it's interesting. Because all it's going to do is expand everything. You know, we're starting with billet blocks and everything else. Before you know it, we're going to have a top fuel four cylinder class. I was going to yeah. say, and I think your, it's great. I was say, what's your opinion on that? Because they're limiting. I think it's great. You can't use any billet. You can only use a certain size turbo. No, no. see, that's where you I'm. Can't use completely all. Completely different. You're going to limit us to. Oh, you you got to have stock blocks. Well, we're running out of stock blocks, man. These cars are 25, 30 years old now. Yeah. You got plentiful things out there that are billet sure it's expensive but step up or get out and that's the sad part that's it that's, that's not where even, it's at it's not even the expensive part they just say well you could totally modify this to be a whole different motor and claim it's a k-series but now it's billet so it's different i i get it but at the same time step up or step out yeah you know no, I, I fall to the street class i, I agree 100 percent. you know it's it's fall you're, you're you a gotta for a reason if we don't innovate your kids aren't going to be interested. No. It's like, yeah, it's that old old class out there. We've got all this new stuff that is fun. This is cool. We can do the new stuff. That old stuff, you can't get a hold of it no more. Yeah. Well, that's well, the, let's that's... keep the old stuff alive by innovating and getting that new technology in there. You know, we got billet heads, billet blocks. Let's keep it going. You want to keep this stuff alive, we've got to innovate it at the same time. Sure, it's expensive, but the prices will come down once people start doing more of it. You know, it's more readily available. Well, that's what I tell him. We, we've talked about this quite a few, is you look at the the levels of racers. You have street track, you have pros, and then you have, like, almost, you know, an outlaw car, a funny car, whatever. There's a place for this stuff. Just because you want to be in a sport front-wheel drive car doesn't mean somebody else doesn't want to have a billet car. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it, there's, there's a place for all of it, and... I think certain cars will attract different groups. Where you the have problem, though, the problem with that is you start breaking it down into too many classes. Oh yeah, it gets it gets it gets watered down, and then you've got three cars in this class, three cars in that class, and then it saturates everything, and, and it doesn't. You don't get people in the classes no more. And that's what happened with the uh, the outlaw class when they went nitro. There was like four people in that yeah. one class, and then everybody else went to nitro. But surprisingly, it did. Oh, it leveled back it out. It leveled back out. Some of the guys like, but yeah, the nitro it, but that's the thing. You're going to have that transition period. Mm-hmm. If everybody wants to step up to nitro, then hey, now it's the nitro class. Yeah. You want an all motor class? Well, then you guys are going to fall down. Unfortunately, it's going to, some people are going to fall out and be pissed off, but you got to go where the support is. If they're supporting a nitro class, then you got to go to that. If you're going to keep things alive, yeah. the sport's dying, it's going away. And it sucks because we don't have the tracks in California we used to. You know, we got three, four tracks now. That's it. This big-ass state, we've got maybe three or four tracks that you can regularly run on with an import. You know, Redding's just now starting to get to where they have 
you know, import meats more often, yeah. you know, like an, a dedicated import meat. Um, and Finian, they don't, they don't want us there. Yeah. You know, they don't like us there. You know, we, we got to have a big I event think, for them. I, was saying, I think they might, gonna, but I think it's going to change now that Bodie's trying to get involved in the import. It, thing. Exactly. If, if I think getting people like Bodie that can bring it, cause they're going to bring other things with it. Yep. It's smart idea for Bodhi to bring us in. Yep. You know, it's the best thing you can do. Yep. It's how he handles it from there. Yep. Well, that's you what know? we were talking that's... about. This, this re- upcoming reading, you know, next weekend is is going to be kind of like it. It's critical. I really to wanted to do. go to that, but this is just not going to make it. We don't. I'm not going to get the parts back in time. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. So, I wanted to make one more race this year, but I wanted to take the card of Bodhi's and let them see that because, dude, anybody that sees this car, they freak out. They yeah. really freak out on it, and I like that about it. That's why I built it because I wanted to get the reaction from people. But well, that's why it's an amazing car. When, it's it, different. when it runs the times that it's supposed to, that's when that's when it's going to get. Yep, that's when it's going to get the, the thing. But I got to make it do it because you see it now. Otherwise, you're like, it's just a pile of bolts and it's a, bars. It's a badass chassis <laughs> that runs tens. You're like, yeah. man, I can run tens in my stock car. Yeah. So when that actually does the times, it's you're like, yep. oh shit, okay. Yeah. That's why I kept it single. I just sure, I can throw a K in it. I can throw a K in it and go fast, but I can throw a stock K in it and go Is fast. Is it really powered by Briggs and Stratton? No. <laughs> so back there. I did that for my, uh, for the old guys that used to be in the shop, my dad and his buddies. They always said these these cars sound like pissed off Briggs and Stratton. <laughs> so one day I came in and that was one of the first stickers I put in the car. That's, that sticker's been on it since it was a street car. And I put that on there. My dad laughed his butt off. So back when we had the fart can exhaust and everything else on them, you know. But, yeah, the, the only part on that car that is still really just, like, un, an unchanged stock part is the rear hatch. That's it. Everything else, it's still got the original glass. So, everything else has been changed. I cut the car in half, stretched it five and a half inches, cut six inches off the bottom. There's no rocker panel, basically, on the car. Yeah. I cut it off right at the bottom of the door and just lowered the car That's down on the child. So, because I wanted a really low, squatty, wide car. Yeah. And... You know, do it like they do the pro mods and the, See, that's what's funny. I the pro stock cars. Pro, I grew up loving pro stock. Yeah. All motor was my thing. I love pro stock. I thought it was probably the best NHRA class out there because it's side-by-side racing. And I love that. Dude, and every. you're talking thousandths of a second mm-hmm. between the, the wins, you know, or the, the start, you know, is either the guy who started it or whatever. And you had to shift perfect, and I'm, I'm so into that, you know. So that's what got me into the Honda stuff is – I love pro stock, and then I loved the competition. And when I got to drive the Hondas and we were side by side, even though we we're way slower, <laughs> it was just fun. You know, it was so much fun to sit there and bang gears with my buddy and go back and be like, I got your ass, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I outshifted you. It's not that I just blew your doors off, it was I outdrove you. And that's what made me have so much fun with the Honda stuff. Hmm. But yeah, I just. I'd love to be able to get in and get sponsored and get some money behind the car, but you know, you got to put forth the effort for the sponsors and everything else. And well, not even that. I'm getting there. I'm getting to the point where I can, I I can start putting forth more time and effort into to making meets and everything. But I had to get the car going again, you know, yeah, and get it to where it'd be competitive. So that's that's the hard part, though. Like, there's there's not many people that sponsor imports anymore. No. And the ones that do, they have their own cars. Like mm-hmm. Scum 2 has their own car. Forpiss has their own yep. car. FCL. You know, yeah, they all have their own cars. So there's no point in sponsoring somebody else and they have their own car. You build your parts to, to 
sell to support your race habit. Yep. You think those guys are rich? <laughs> a few of them are. Nah, not uh, really. They spend all their money on their cars uh, or other cars. I know. Or, I know a few that have quite a bit of money. Yeah. Well, you like skunk too. That guy went nuts. That guy just. Who Dave? Yeah, they just went crazy. But you know, he's a manufacturer. Yeah. He's got multiple businesses, and yeah. that's the way to do it if you're gonna be an entrepreneur. But yeah, I don't want to go that route. I don't want to work that hard at, at, at the fabrication thing because no. you got to get people to work for you and they've got to be good. they got to be as good as you, if not better. And I'm not that great. And it's hard to find somebody that's that's that good, you know, that, that can do the stuff that I do that is reliable enough. You well, know, that's what it's always... Quality. They'll, they'll put the same amount of quality and time into it. And it's just... And training somebody's not even a, a bad thing. It's just they don't want to learn. People mm. don't want to get out there and do it. They just want to buy it. That's what always blew my mind about Sheepy Race, how successful they became. And that's because mm-hmm. of that right there. Yep. They had Charlie that was welding, and they had Alex that was behind the, the business. Yep. And it was blew up because of that right there. You, you need, had two and, motivated and you people have, two sections. And that's one thing for me. I can't do it all. Yep. I do everything. Yep. Yeah. You know, I'd be the businessman. I'd be the welder. I'd be the fabricator. I'd be, I can't do all that, man. I ain't got the time. Yep. Yeah. I got a family, and, and you know, she's got FFA stuff I got to go do, and... You know, it's like, I don't have, I, I need somebody that can go and sell the stuff. Yep. I need somebody that can manage the company. I need somebody that can help me build the stuff. You know, designing and stuff, I can do that. I like designing. That's that's where I kind of started out, you know, is architectural drafting and stuff like that. I, I, I could draw when I was a kid. So I got into drawing and designing parts. And that's what made me do this car too, is I wanted to design my own parts and possibly start a fabrication business you know but yeah as i've grown it's like i've just found out that there's just not a lot of people out there that want to do it you know especially in this state yeah and then if you do get in with a company they don't want to pay you no. you know they can't they just can't they can't afford to because you don't make money doing this you know you put way more hours in at doing something than you're going to get paid for because how do you go out and spend you know charge somebody twelve thirteen hundred dollars for an intake setup you know, intake piping and everything else. And, you know, people don't want to spend that kind of money on intake piping. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Well, and that's why Sheepy got out of, I mean, not out of, he's still doing it, but his main money now Lambos. is the, yeah. Lambos and yeah. Ferraris. Yeah. And, yeah, because those people walk up and drop 30 grand like it ain't nothing. Yep. Because they have it. On something that costs them a thousand bucks. You think to build. some cheap ass Honda owner is going to do that? No, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> nope. So, you know, that's the whole thing. It's, you know, it's the, the, the people that are do in the business, you mm-hmm. know, and, and what they're buying for. If it's Honda stuff, you know, you're not going to make a lot of money on mm-hmm. it. So you can't spend a lot of time on it. Mm-hmm. If you do, you're just giving it away. So that's part of it is just trying to keep everything affordable and, mm-hmm. and, and everything. So that's why when I do stuff, it's I try to do it as reasonable as I can. Oh, yeah. yeah. Enough to make you some money, but not. Yeah. You if know, I make enough money to, to keep the old tires burning on that bastard then hey i'm i'm happy you know i ain't out there trying to get crazy but i don't do it for free either so what's one of the most craziest moments you've had in a race or you've seen something that you like holy shit most memorable most memorable one um myself I've had pretty pretty good luck with you know the racetrack and not getting crazy and 
doing anything too crazy. You know, I've had the 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 last race we were at, we had the the parachute wrap around the wheelie bar and shoot me into the other lane. So that was a heartbeat moment, and I've almost slapped the wall a couple times, but I've never had any accidents, thank God. But I've had friends that have, and, and matter of fact, there's a door up there off of a Corvette from one of my friends that that wrecked, and yeah, it's. It's no fun watching your friends yeah. wreck, especially when it's a, a bad wreck. It's You're no talking fun. like seven, eight flips and spirals, and it's not never a good thing. So yeah, those those are always crazy. No, like side by side action where you were racing, like like you was playing earlier. Like all the side by side stuff has been good for me. You know, <laughs> we've we've always made it through the quarter mile. I never had any problems and stuff, other than out street racing and the cops come in and running and stuff. You know, I pick people up running down the road. Uh, you know, we were out at D'Antoni Road out here racing and then they uh this was years and years ago and some poor girls running down the road and I'm like what the hell and I pull up and I open my door I was like get in and she jumped in the car I didn't know her but we're all running from the cops like I'm gonna let this <laughs> this girl you know just run it so she jumped in and and it was like my boyfriend left me and I'm like <laughs> I'm like what? And so you know, I took her to Carl's Jr. where everybody was beaten up, and she met up with her boyfriend. And it was just you know stuff like that, you know, evading cops and playing games. You know, I think one of the most memorable moments is I have to tell on my dad is in the old coop right there. We were out street racing, and I was with our buddy. And my buddy, we just had a plain old stock car. You know, we weren't racing; we were watching. And my dad, he wasn't racing. He had my mom in the car. And it's like three in the morning. And this is when we all used to meet at Jack in a Box in Marysville. And uh, we were out on Feather River Boulevard racing. And my dad, we got the call that the cops were coming. And my dad was like, hey, I'm going to go run interference. So get the cars loaded up and get out of here. So we're helping our buddy load his car on the trailer. My dad took off in the coupe. And he's clipping along. He said about 120. He goes right by a cop. Cop slams around and goes back. Well, my dad gets out of sight, turns off and goes into the orchard, shuts the car off. Cop goes by. Dad pulls back out. My mom's freaking out. What are you doing? What are you doing? He's like, just relax, relax. <laughs> Takes off and he gets back out on the road and he's cruising along. Here comes that cop back the other way. Boom. Flips it around, right? <laughs> My dad's doing 55 in the old coupe, you know. Cop pulls up behind him, turns the lights on, comes walking up to my dad and goes, have you get out of the car there? He's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And dad gets out and he sees he's an old man. You know, my dad was probably late 40s, early 50s at the point. You know, can't say old, but older, you know. He's like, not, he's not no, yeah, he's not no 19-year-old kid out in a hot rod, you know. And so the cops look in, you know, and my dad's like, or the cop asked my dad, he's, what are you doing out here? He goes, well, you know, me and the wife want to go for a drive. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know, we're out in the bushes. <laughs> so the cop's like, what? <laughs> goes, we're out in the bushes. He's like, oh, uh, okay. He goes, yeah, you see the dirt on the car? My dad pulled off in the orchard, get the car dirty. You know, my dad was stinking. Yeah. He, he knew what to do. He had that cop tied up for right. a good 15 minutes. While everyone's loading and The cop out. looks over and shines a light on my mom. My mom just sitting there smiling. <laughs> and she's like, hey, officer. She had no clue what my dad had done. So the officer looks at her, kind of laughs, my dad said. And he goes, well, 
He goes, have a good night. He goes, I'm out here chasing these street racers. They're out here running around somewhere. He goes, I thought it was you. He goes, I had a little car come flying by me. He goes, I didn't even know what it was. He was going by me so fast. My dad was like, oh, yeah, this old bucket of bolts won't run that hard. So he's all right, sir, you have a good night. And stay out of them bushes. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad gets in the car and comes back. And, you know, we've got the scanners and everything, walkie-talkies. And we're like, yeah, my dad got pulled over. My dad got pulled over. And I'm freaking out because I'm thinking, oh, man, my mom and my dad's going to jail. Because <laughs> I was like 13 years old. You know, I was a kid. And uh, they all get back to... to uh, Jack in a box, and we're sitting there. It's like four in the morning at this point. Sun's starting to come up, and uh, my dad pulls up, and we're like, "What happened?" He goes, "Oh man, I got a story for you guys." <laughs> and he tells that story, and my mom goes, "You said what?" <laughs> Started slapping him. <laughs> that was funny. That's funny. <laughs> so that's probably one of my best memorable moments of street racing and drag racing. That's my a good dad one. That's a good being one. out in the bushes. <laughs> in the bushes. <laughs> Um, when you get this done, is there anybody that you want to race? There's, yeah, I'm just out to have fun, you know. I think me and uh, old Randy with Blues Clues used to race a lot, and we've always had fun racing each other. He's with me every time because his car's always been fast, and I've always had problems. But I, I don't know, maybe maybe me and him could get together and have some fun, you know. I know he's been racing it. He kind of pulled off of it here lately, but... You know, I'd like to see him get it back out there and get going. Me and Randy's always been pretty good friends and in the racing world. And I'd like to see him get it back out there and us could tie it off, you know, have some fun with it. That'd but, be pretty cool. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to see him get his eight, you know. I'd like to see us both get our eights. Right. You know, that'd be cool. Hell, right now I'm just trying to get my nine. <laughs> but, you know. Side by side eights coming up. Yeah, I think, I, think that'd be, I think that'd be really awesome for me and him both. You know, because be cool we're both old school guys, and we've both been wanting that for a long, long time. Yeah, so. yeah. Cool. I'm questioned out. I think I asked a lot. <laughs> so anything else you wanna? Yeah, you wanna get some shout outs? Right. Talk about wanna... sponsors and you know. Uh, just Ken. Definitely Ken's race engines. They've done me well. Um, bronze fuel injection, killer runs, uh, fuel injection. Uh, Scott over there, he's, he's helped me out a lot. Um, Liberty Gears, Terry there is helping me out right now. And just, uh, you know, that's about it, really. That's, that's the guys that, that have done the work for me. Fuel Tech, and, you know, they, they've helped me out. And uh, Color Fittings, for sure. They, uh, they're they the ones that made the engine look pretty. So Downstar, you know, he's uh, he helped me out with some bolts and stuff that I needed um on on the the fly so yeah just getting the car together and everything like that um i'd like to get a set of the vms wheels that's for sure the new bead locks they've come out with i want to try really those nice. out Actually, are they doing came out, they started doing v, are they, they are they double bead locked or just the i don't know if they're double but i know they're at least single yeah nice. i've seen i follow them they have really nice rims yeah they, those they, new bead locks that's what i've got on the car right now but they're not the the bead lock and I seen that they they're sending the wheels to another company, so and they have them put the bead lock on. Hmm. So yeah, I'd like to uh, definitely get a hold of a set of those. I need to call them up and see what I can do with them. But you know, it is what it is. Yep. Well, I'm all done. I got a good. I got one question. Is there anybody that you would like to see us interview at some point in the future? Is there anyone you would be interested to hear from? Um. I think just hearing Bodie's view on the sport impact stuff yeah. and how he plans on, you know, 
bringing us into I didn't it. Even think about that. That's I actually think, never even thought I about think that. that would be a, a good yeah. one. And then Tony, uh, obviously from the track, yeah. and you know, I'm maybe seeing the, the, well, you know, give us a future, man. Yeah, give us a future. That you know, you give us a future. I'm more than happy to come out and support. And well, there's there's a lot anything of they need. You know, yeah. if they need some, you know, volunteers or whatever, I'm down. You mm. know, they need fabrication work out there. You know, hey. Call me up. I'm more than happy to come help out that's, with the racetrack. That's a good point. I wanted to also. It's just something that I. We have oil downs at the track. Mm-hmm. Can't always help it. It's gonna happen. It's always been happening. It's gonna happen. Um, they got one guy sweeping quarter mile of fucking dirt. I would like to see some of us out there. You know, get an extra broom and help sweep along. I know I don't want to put too many people out there on the track. Well, yeah, yeah, and more than two guys out there sweeping. You know. You know, I know a lot of us are busy in that, but man, if we can afford to have a, a, you know, some of these guys got ten guys standing around the pits, and only two of them are working on cars. How about you have one of your boys? Hey, why don't you? If go it help ain't them? an insurance thing, then I'm yeah, down. You know, what I'm saying? You know I'm, I'm down. down. To help sweep. Hey, you it'll know, help us get on the track. And my thing too is like, you need help with designing equipment to make things spray better or drag the track better that's, or that's whatever. That's anything, anything we can help. You know, you're put that out there. And the drag community will step up. Oh, I mean, yeah. they did for Redding. Oh yeah. When when Redding was getting redone, you know, they redid a bunch of stuff. A lot of people just contributed. <laughs> you know, they'll donate their time. Yeah. You know, so obviously, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's we may be just a spot, sport compact world, but you know, we're willing to help too. But, so mean, anything I mean, like that, us too. But also the muscle car world. A lot of those guys. Who own big shops and got yes. a lot of that money yep. will also help put into that because yeah. they want it to be around too, and they're going to want the same yeah, thing. They, they want, want the same thing we want. You know reach I mean? out and they want make, better equipment. Better we, track. we need the tracks to be better. You know, Sac's a decent track. It always has been. It's not the the best track out there, but it's a decent track. I've never. Uh, every time I've been there, we've had good luck with Sac, and I've always seen. You know, there for a long time, we were one of the fastest tracks in the sport compact world. Yeah. A lot of people didn't know that. They didn't know that Lakovsky came up there and took the all-motor record, you know, for a long time. Yeah, he had it for a while there, you know, and then he went down to L.A. and broke it again. But, you know, we were, it was there for a long time. So, you know, it's tracks, the SAC is a good location for for a track in the sense of the air quality and everything else. Except for lately. (laughs) Except for lately. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, lately it's just everything's bad in California. But it's just one of those things of just making things better, you know, adding, adding to the track, upgrading some things, you know, the, with the size of things, how they're getting, obviously we need to get more concrete or asphalt out at, at SAC to, well, I, I to know. fill in that, those areas. But it, it's one of those things of just improvements. And then, you know, if you need help, you need volunteers, whatever, put out the word, man. I guarantee you, if you're going to be out there laying asphalt, and you need help, you could put that word out and a lot of people would show up to, to do it. Oh, you yeah. know, a lot of people would show up to do it just because they want their track to be better too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I know talking to all the bigger guys, the faster guys, the only complaint that I've ever heard, and it's almost the same complaint from everyone, is the cool down on that track. They say it's too short. Once they're hitting 140, 150, 180. I don't think Zach has more room. I, I don't yeah. think they have more land. I don't that's think they why do. Either. I know, but I'm saying that's that's why they that's don't the run only... HR and everything else there yeah. is because they, you know, the the big cars yeah. they don't have the shutdown, and I think it's because of they're landlocked. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, sure, if you can make it longer, do it. But 
Barbara said that's that's the only complaint I've ever heard on that track. Yep. Other than that, no one. You know, I've never had any problems with shutting down, but I've got all the stuff you're supposed to have. Yeah. You know, and I'm of course I'm not that fast either. So. <laughs> not yet. But not when yet. you're running, you know, top you alcohol dragsters yeah, and yeah, stuff, yeah, and you're running going, five and six yeah. seconds, another world. That's a whole other world. I think that's one reason why Bodie and them only run eighth mile too there, because that quarter mm-hmm. mile is a short quarter mile. Mm-hmm. When it comes to shutdown. Yeah. And you're running 200 miles an hour. Because a lot of those cars will do it. Oh, yeah. Shit, some of those guys are doing 160 in the 8th. Yeah. 160, 170 in the 8th. Yeah, that's moving. Yeah. That's moving. In the 8th. That's crazy. (laughs) That's moving. Yep. Well. I'm good, man. Yeah. I think I have... I learned a lot in this episode. Right? This is a good I one. I like it. I got I'm always down, guys. Anytime. Yep. Thank you for being on the show. Right. Yep. Really for sure. appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Guys, Thank check you. them yep. out. Check. Make sure. See you on the next episode. Bye.